This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Jason, what do you have on tap for us today? Well, today is like a talk about a series. That I'm not sure. I wasn't actually sure that it would actually get to this point. To the point where it actually had like a reasonably successful 25-issue run in the Marvel Universe. And I'm talking about um, the recent Iron Man run by Christopher Cantwell. Now, if you're not familiar with the name, he's probably best known to the world at large for being the showrunner for a um, pretty fairly successful series on on AMC called Halt and Catch Fire about the uh, about the tech industry in the it's like in the early early 80s through through the 90s and even and it's one of those series where it's like you know while the first series first season didn't you know set a lot of people's um like uh, minds on fire it actually got better as it as it went along according to reputation. I didn't actually watch it, but I heard that, you know, like everyone who actually stuck with it through the end basically kind of like said, like, yeah, you know, the series is really good. You know, once you get past like the first season. So yeah, that's really kind of impressive, you know, to have a series that you know, get, gets better as it goes along. And, you know, unlike other, you know, creators who probably would have, you know, would have gone on to, you know, I like, try to make more, you know, like, like TV series, you know, it's like, you know, Let's try to try to capitalize on the success to make you know more more successful TV series. Cantwell actually decided to leverage um his success as like the showrunner for Call to Catch Fire, and um went into the uh, comics writing business, which you know it's like you have to assume that was his goal all along because you know like who gets into uh you know the comics writing business from TV unless you didn't already want to go into the comics writing business in the first place because you know it's kind of a mugs game these days. But that being said, um, Cantwell actually had a good start um, early on with because he gave us um, it's like um, she she could fly um, from Ber- Ber- Berger Books at um, at Dark Horse and that was his debut series and you know it's like I I enjoyed that for that first volume but a uh, but a girl with um, it's like with a um, who it's like obsessive obsessive compulsive disorder who gets obs- who gets obsessed with a uh, with a um, woman who can who can fly due to like some a um like a jetpack she created and it had like you know it's quirky bits like you know like its main character um Lu- it's like luna had just like her like that that whole obsessive cult so like she was like she just like you know talk talk about stuff that you know she, that um we we weren't sure about what she was really f- like focusing on it's like and i her, her parents were weren't sure, weren't sure what to do with her and then there were like the uh, different like you know factions that were trying to get like, you know utilize this you know like um flying technology for their own for their own good first volume was 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 good it's like second volume probably you know may have a bit too much quirk for its own good third volume well it's like if you're a long time listener for this series you'll know that it actually wound up in my as number four as my um favorite series of it's like of 2022 because while like the you know, first two series basically established a formula you know for like like for this title it's like um volume three actually is like you know switch things up a bit and um you know, did a much better job of showing us the world from Luna's from Luna's perspective, and just you know playing with our expectations of you know what what is this series all about? I really it's like I really enjoyed it. It's like and but also before that, Cantwell has also you know carved out a I wouldn't say like a, like a successful niche for himself, but he um he also decamped to Marvel to like to do um do writing for them as well, particularly with the uh, Doctor Doom series with Salvador La Roca. That lasted all of all of ten issues, and on one hand, it's like you know, if Marvel did, yeah marketed that as like a ten issue series, then you know I think we would have been doing that as an unqualified success. That you know a Doctor Doom like series that only lasted ten issues probably has the feeling that oh well like it didn't really succeed in what it was trying to do. But 
I really enjoyed it, especially the second volume, which did a really good job of crystallizing um, Doom's ambitions and his um his his mental failings as well. Particularly the bit where like you know when when he's trying to like you know um diffuse a black hole that's developing on the uh, on the moon, and Reed Richards basically says, "Yo, I I wish you good luck, Doom," and Doom's like, "What do you mean, good luck?" read it's like you know i know what i'm doing here it's like yeah i believe you know what you're doing here doom so i wish you good luck there and like doom just like goes right off the rails just just trying to like figure out you know what what is what is that richard's um scene that i haven't it's like why is he just only wishing me good luck instead of like your know, absolute success in my endeavor it's like that's that's a good good handle on you know what makes doom tick and especially when we and it gets even better in the final issue we've um, to get to see a Doom who actually has all of his shit together, it's like, and uh, you know, tries to you know get this Doom, like the main Marvel Universe version of Doom, to realize you know what what he needs to do in order to you know make his world as good as like this the one this Doom has made. So, and um, Cantwell actually got a, like Eisner nomination for this arc, and he also got an, an, a nod for like his work on it's like on She Could Fly as well. And also, it's worth noting that he's also he's gone to like you know like like success like writing for like writing the series um Grimm for oh no sorry Briar um for like for Boom Studios and he's also like you know doing um like a Superman story it's like for like for DC as well so he's actually it's like you managed to make a successful transition like to comics writing and at this point though that however his Iron Man run. You know, is it stands as his most successful, setting at a full twenty-five issues, and you know, you think that oh, it's just twenty-five issues, like you know, that's not a whole whole lot. But at the same time, though, in this day and age, you know, getting like you know two two years in one issue, like on a series, that's actually kind of a sign that you've kind of like you know succeeded in the story you're it's like you're trying to trying to tell her. Because you know, if he hadn't, I mean, he would have been canned after um one arc or you know maybe just two arcs if they were feeling feeling generous. Just ask Simon Spurrier. Hey yo, so, um, so, um, so with uh, so with that in mind, um, I uh, it's like it's like I I picked I started reading like his Iron Man on on Marvel Limited because well. On one hand, it's like you know my shelf space is so limited these days. I just can't pick up anything I want want these days. And so if I'm just like feeling like you know curious about something, I, you know, I just got to read read it on Mar Marvel Unlimited. And you know it's like re, re like you know reading all twenty five issues. I you know I generally enjoyed it. Maybe I don't feel the need to you know go out and buy this to add it to my to my shelf. But you know it's like I but it was generally entertaining. It's like well. I, I it had some it had some good ideas, and I think it was also um, hamstrung a bit by you know the fact that you know we had to uh, like tell the story within the confines of the Mario Marvel universe because, well, this is a story all about what happens when Iron Man decides to become God. Well, not because he wants to really, but this is all involves like the return of a, a familiar Marvel cosmic villain known, known as Korvac or antagonist if we're being um generous here he was a guy who was um born it's like in the it's like in the far future of like the 20 of uh, the 29 um tw uh, like of the, the 2900s it's like in a, in the uh, time when the badoon had you know, conquered conquered the universe and he was just like so a guy who was just you know, trying to make trying to make ends meet 
It's like, you know, in this, like, you know, like, um, fascist alien, it's like alien rule. And, you know, and, and, and while his efforts were, like, rewarded to a certain extent by the Badoons, like, they, it's like, he just couldn't measure up to their standards. And he was, you know, car, like, um, parts of him were carved out and became, and he was turned into a cyborg as well. But he was also sent back to the, uh, you know, present, you know, present day. It's like fleeing from the, uh, like, from the, Press a bad dune rule. It's like, and um, eventually, I and he also found um, like Galactus's ship, the Ta Two, and that's where he um got got access to the power co- power cosmic. It's like, and he basically you know became like had became godlike in the like, in his abilities and was basically going to try and you know remake the universe in his his image, as people with the power cosmic tend to do. Well, the Avengers you know like got wind of this and you know tried to stop him. It's like, and things went badly for them to the point where you know it's like most of them were killed in their conflict with him but um, by the time um Korvac was stopped and realized that you know his attempts to like you know remake the universe in his image um you know were misguided he basically you know brought brought them all back you know everything was better again um that's that's kind of like the uh like the uh definitive um Korvac, like um Korvac story from back in the 70s but um and he's been back you know a couple times since then and now we're dealing with his latest um, re- reincarnation, um, spurred on by um, his reappearance in um, Al Ewing's uh, Marvel. It's like a Marvel Comics one, like a one thousand. It's like, and that was basically the setup for, like, for Cantwell's run, where we've got Iron Man. You know, just trying to figure out what does he want to do with his life. He kind of realizes that you know everyone doesn't like you know view Iron Man as a indomitable like, you know force against good, and that's both. You know, it's like from his from his own actions in the first, like in the first issue, and also just like you know a hangover from his um, from his actions in um Dan Slott's pre like previous run. See the podcast. So, on one hand, like you know, the first issue of of Kent Wilson is all about just establishing um Tony's insecurities, just realizing that you know he he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. It's like and just you know and he's not sure like if he's got like the right friends who wants to set him in his like in his place it also introduces um patsy walker hellcat um to like, like to his life as someone who you know he was just like you know came showed up at his brownstone for a party one day and just you know like is one person there who's willing to call him on his bullshit he, he appreciates that but there's also this one guy um Teilhard fuller it's like who is you know just wants to get iron man's like him like impre- like um input for this like this lightning capture um, like set piece that he's um, that he's devised, and Tony's intrigued, but you know he just kind of wants to like you know hang out with with um, with Patsy. It's like and that and they, and then they also like go encounter like this um, C list really D list villain um, unicorn who's like stealing a uh, Bible from the uh, like from the New York Library. Then then they stop him obviously because you know, Iron Man and Pat and Hellcat versus Unicorn, and who's gonna who, no doubt who's gonna win there, but. Then you get to see, um, see, like, uh, you know, Teilhard, you know, like just looking at them, you know, like ominously with like, you know, stars in his face. Cause, you know, he's going to be a big bad, but, and it's, and surprise here, he's actually Korvac. So basically, Korvac has just, this time, he's basically, you know, realized a way that he, that he wants, he, he wants to like, you know, like, um, bring universal peace to every, to everyone. And his plan here is, on one hand, it's 
yeah, it'll work, but it's also kind of kind of fucked up as well because it's it's not too removed from say um Gendo Akari's version of um of instrumentality. Basically, as we find out later in the series, Korvac basically just wants to make like all life like you know a crystalline entity that just you know consumes excretes and just lives life peacefully and as um iron man and hellcat you know like remark to uh, him as he's as they like they've expressed a genuine interest in his like you know in his um universe conquering plans like he tells them like this is what i've got like this is gonna like make everyone it's like This is going to be. This is going to be, like the uh, the plan for, like you know, for like making everyone peaceful. It's like everyone's just going to be like you know one big crystalline entity. So, so Gendo. Uh, so I mean, uh, sorry. So they. Uh, so basically, they basically tell him that that you know, hey, your idea for. Like for a big universal like um like peace plan really sucks because it's just like you know it's going to mute creativity and life and individuality for everyone. And Corvac's like, yo, fuck you! It's like my my plan is genius. You just don't see it. And that's kind of the uh, it's like the like the main main conflict here. Even if it's like you know only spelled out you know, several issues in, because you know the first first several issues are just all about just you know um like like uh, like selling out the uh, Spelling out the like, the conflict between um, it's like Iron, Iron Man and Korvac, you know, like they're basically like you know conflicts between who's got the uh, like the like the right idea for like 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 for saving the universe here. And on one hand, it's like yeah, of course Iron Man has the right idea because this is a Marvel comic. Obviously, Iron Man is going to be in the right here, but you know, Cantwell like you know does a good job of setting up Iron Man's you know like fallacies here, like from his like. Like from from his arrogance to his um, to his addictive per- personality, it's like and his drive to be like you know the center of attention in just about every like everything here, and also you know Cantwell has a has a uh, pretty uh, pretty solid documentation of like you know loving like you know quirk, quirkiness or quirk quirk's sake. So it's just this is why when um he's when Iron Man is like you know um when he's got to uh, like you know set up a crew for uh like you know, for like saving, saving the universe. Well, his crew involves Leapfrog, the Gargoyle, um, Scarlet Spider, um, Ben, Ben Riley, uh, Mist, Misty Knight, and um, Halcyon, a new character, um, a, it's like a deaf, um, it's like a deaf speed, um, speed star. It's like, well, guy, you know, races, you know, races cars for fun. Who's also, who's subsequently reviewed to be a mutant. whose mutant ability is like his, his heart never, Heartbeat never goes over um, 70 beats per minute. So he's always cool in every situation. Which, you know, to be fair, actually like turns out to be pretty useful when um he's called upon to like, you know, pilot a uh like you know, pilot a spaceship against um so, so against um Korvac's Korvac's disciples. But um it's like but the but the uh the first but the first half of the series it's like it's just all about you know, it's like, you know, just like Iron, Iron Man and Hellcat, you know, getting getting to know one each other better. Like Hellcat just, you know, interrogating um Tony Tony's sense of pr- privilege. And um Korvac also just, you know, trying to like a, a it's like uh, you know get like uh 
get get to his goal of um it's like a being being a good god and bringing peace to the universe um regardless of who gets who gets hurt along the way because while Korvac believes that he's doing the right thing while his disciples believe that he's doing the right thing it's like he's willing to do it's like just about anything in order to do this best scene when um he recruits the uh, original human torch jim hammond who was just you know sequestered himself away from the rest of the universe well korvac usually sees him as like another like you know cyborg or artificial intelligence who's who can possibly you know help uh, you know see see what he's trying to do here but when you know he when hammond sees what um korvac has done over the years like when they when their minds meld i guess he's um bringing um Hammond back up to modern spec um like Hammond just feels like you're a monster it's like you're just like trying to like you're just another like you know deranged deranged cult leader and Korvac just you know has has the commander it's like you know one of Iron Man's old villains who like loves to uh you know like control people using control chips just slap a control chip on him and there he goes you know got another got another follower right there so it's basically like you know Iron Man, like you know, kind of a uh, like compromised hero, like who believes he's doing the right thing, but may just you be doing this just for his own you know, gratification against a uh, it's like against against a um, slightly deranged um, cult cult leader. So you know, it's like on one hand, it's like I kind of I it's it's really kind of interesting to like to see how you know like um how Cantwell manages this stuff, especially when you know like Tony winds up on a like on an alien planet ruled by Stilt Man. Of all, of all people it's like and how he has to like you know you know realize that hey you know like is this like you know kind of like i did look paradise that i wanted even it's being assaulted by ultimos and also i may have just you know hacked the uh, uh morphine distributor on my suit in order to uh like you know cope with all the pain that i've got after korvac broke my neck which is the thing that happened so so tony just you know, has to uh deal with all these things as he's as he's going against korvac but the whole culmination of this is when, when, when they both uh, make it to Tatu in order to, uh, like, well, this universe's version of Tatu in order to, in order to get the uh, access to the power cosmic. And while well, Korvac is able to get there first, Iron Man is just able to get there right afterwards, and they've both got, um, you know, access, access to this power. And while it's not good for the universe at large, um, the uh, like the you know, the governing entities of the universe, event like we're talking about like like death and it's like entropy, eternity, uh, well maybe eternity. It's like the, the um, living tribunal. It's like they all realize that you know Korvac, you know heck is like his his plan is just like no good at all. So they basically take him away, and that leaves you know Iron Man with the power cosmic, you know like ready to like remake the universe in his own image, but he doesn't do that. He just goes back to Earth and basically realizes that, hey, you know what? I know how to make this world better. I'm going to do it my way because you know I've got this, I've had this plan all along, and you know I don't have to uh, like you know worry about anyone else you know getting in my way now. So his big plan is to like, you know make everyone in the uh, tri-state area of New York as smart as he is, and musically at the same time you know this happens you know he actually has like um. Like he say he's saying this in front of the Avengers and his like you know space friends crew, you know like at the same time, and also like you know Reed Richards is there as well, and so is his wife Susan. And you know when he says like everyone's now as smart as me, Susan basically goes, "Well, how do you feel about this?" Reed like Reed's like, 
I, I think I just became dumber. <laughs> so, so then you get, we get scenes of, you know, people just, you know, like realizing like, you know, the, the um, vicious cycles they've been, they've been trapped in. It's like, and also just like you were saying, Hey, you know, we don't have to, uh, you know, be, be beholden to like old systems that we were before. Like this one villain, big wheel basically just starts, you know, um, upgrading the intelligence of cars and the people driving them because he's realized a way to solve on a traffic congestion. It's like, it's like in, in the world. It's like, and yeah, it's may have just, you know, like infringe on a few personal feelings that hey he's just solved traffic congestion that should be fine right well that's like um tony um tony and hellcat you know tony th- realizes like the issues there um well he's, he basically like realizes that okay maybe maybe a big wheel was kind of was kind of out of line there but you know he had the right idea and like and hellcat is kind of like are you high well he's not high but you know he's he's on the power cosmic so so basically, she kind of realizes that you know, okay, it's time to uh, you know, we need to take take him down, and that's when she recruits all these some of some of his best friends in order to uh, like talk him out of this. Oh, and also Doctor Doom, because yeah, it's cool seeing Doctor Doom back here after Kentwell wrote him in his series. And you've got you know, hey, you know, like these people trying to like you know talk down the Iron God, you know, from his you know from his position. I don't want to get too specific in what happens here but problem problem with this like storytelling is that you know tony was never going to be afforded you know godlike powers to do whatever he wanted because that would just like wreck the marvel universe i don't have to tell you how this turns out because you can probably already guess just from the shape the story story takes but i will say that when korvac shows up at the uh at the end of the storyline and um like still imbued the power cosmic and tony has to talk him out of just you know like enacting his like his grand cosmic plan it's it's actually pretty solid it's actually it's a scene where tony actually steps up and you know b is the kind of it is the kind of hero that we know that we know him to be corvax end here is kind of tragic but at the same time though no not too tragic because we know that if people want to bring him back at some point you know this is comics he'll be back he'll be back at some point so it's a story that's got like some good moments through it but at the same time it's kind of hamstrung by the fact that you know we all knew how this was going to end like right right from the start because you know you know like he's like Cantwell is telling an interesting story, but it's also one that is like you know hamstrung by the confines of being having it being told within the Marvel universe. And it's also worth noting that after this story ends, there's another like you know seven issues or so like like to go because I don't know if it was like if it was just a case of Marvel just going, hey, you know, it's like why don't you stick around for a while because you know we're gonna like have a because like issue like you know legacy issue 650 is coming right up so why don't you just hang around until then or if there's like you know a story that Cantwell probably really wanted to tell i if i'm being honest i think that you know the the latter is probably the case because this is one of those stories where uh, you know tony gets gets in his head to uh you know save the world by uh getting all the bad technology out of it it's where he um, learns the existence of the organization called Source Control, which is like one of those like you know nebulous organizations in the Marvel universe, where they they've got act that they're just like a weapons dealer, like who just say, hey, if you want to buy 
like your like ultimate nullifier or like or insert X device here. And hey, we got it for you. And as we as we learn early on in sorry, that that Tony but Tony doesn't learn like initially. Well, they've also got access to the Mandarin's rings. So basically, you got like ten rings that can alter like the uh, the entirety of reality here. And well, Tony's got to find a way to get this because the guy who wanted to tell him about it is now dead because of Tony's neg- negligence. Oh, it's also worth noting there's a really fun story um, in between these these arcs where um, where Tony you know try, winds up having to um, use the uh, uses iron his um his Iron Man suits um roller like um roller blade functions in order to outsmart a uh, intelligent chimp who is just you know like furious that Tony would not accept his resume. Like you know, for like for Stark Industries, so there you go. But um, but the final the final arc, you know, involving you know Tony, you know Tony and um Jim Rhodes, War Machine, I'm um, trying to take out um the Source Control. Oh, and one other guy, um Clayton, who's like a like former like um superhero supervillain named Force. But you know he, the fact that yeah, I can't remember what he what actually his status and his name is. That's kind of important because it kind of like also like feeds into the like to the arc about you know Tony Knight shown really using him as a pawn like in order to like you know be the front man to like buy all this stuff. But it's an interesting it's an interesting little arc where like you know Tony just you know you know tries to like you know take everything on himself and um it's like and you know you know save save the world on on his own terms but ultimately having to uh, seek control of it when it's revealed who actually has the uh, access to the Mandarin's rings. It wasn't someone I was expecting but it's a nice um, tie-in to the, the characters, like you know, current status, like in, like in the Marvel universe. Like he has to play nice with this person, because you know he he has to like show that he tr- that he trusts her. It's like and you know, it's like because she also she's also kind of like you know carrying on his legacy indirectly. It's like if I'm being if I'm being honest. So so that was interesting. And then you get the final issue, part of like um, legacy issue six fifty, where it's revealed that hey, you know, like after Tony has like kind of a coma that he had to fake himself going into in order to like go undercover to um, secure all the stuff from source control. Well, they've just New York has declared um, like that day, Iron Man day. And so like, you know, Tony just has to decide whether or not he's going to show up and I give a big speech, you know, like, like, uh, like um, boosting his, himself in his own ego or if he's just gonna, you know, try to like, you know, just go around and just you know, see what the city is like, you know, like when when everyone else is just, you know, celebrating him elsewhere, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. And the uh, the resolution is, you know, maybe it's a little bit forced, you know, positive. But at, after all the uh, self doubt that um, Tony has espoused over this this run, I kind of I kind of think he needs that that win right there i'm willing to like you know let let him off it's like a nice um ending right there so cantwell's run i enjoyed it probably not as good as it could be because you know you just got to realize you know what can you do um within the confines of the marvel universe and also what you're allowed to do within the confines of the marvel universe i don't think he that that um cantwell probably you know grasp that as well as he could have when he's running you know one of marvel's um, a like a list or b list characters but overall it's like i did enjoy this and it also had like good art from beginning beginning to end like with like um with the main artists um kafu and 
and Aniel um, Unzueta, um, doing a really solid, you know, like um, like photo, like um, photorealistic, um, like superhero superhero book. I mean, these they were good when it like you know came to like you know having like you know like guys in power suits, um, and um, big energy beams duke it out. But they also gave it like a really grounded, you know, um, uh, give the book a really grounded look to it. And also the people who had to f- who filled in from time to time, um, Ibrahim Robeson and um, Julius Ohota, it's like they also did solid work as well. So it's a really it's a good book with a, like good solid um, visual look to it. But um, overall, it's like you know, is this something that I would say like you know, gotten by? <sighs> I don't know. It's like I'm perfectly fine with having access to this on Marvel Unlimited. Um, I don't think I need to, like you know actually add this to my library, but you know. If I had bought this, I certainly would have sold it. Um, like I did the previous Iron Man run, um, by Dan by Dan Slot, because that's long gone to some lucky person in um book off right now. This, you know, it's like I enjoyed it. It's like I think it's you know I proof that you know Cantwell is um someone who's worth worth following you know for future. It's like I I will read his um his creator owned series Briar when it's collected by um Boom, and I'll look forward to reading his um Star Trek. Defiant series when it's also in um, paperback as well, but that's a whole other um, like story as well. So or a different go. podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I got, I got, I want to talk to you about that too. Yep. So cool. So you know what you're going to be talking about next time. Well, it's like unless I have a uh, you know like a uh, like a brain like a brainstorm like a sudden change of mind. Well, we're going to talk about Batman again, specifically. Batman by Tom King. All right, cool. We'll catch you next time on Common Picks by the Glit. All right, laters.